0: Hello, my name is Declan Devine. Welcome to Checkpoints. This is a show about video games, the people who play them, and the people who make them. Each episode, a guest on the show talks about the games that have shaped their life in one way or another. Games that have inspired them, games that have forged connections, and games that have soothed wounds. My guest on today's episode is Christine Love. Uh, Christine makes visual novels, uh, games like Lady Killer in a Bind or Digital: A Love Story, uh, the namesake of of Love Conquers All games. It's an absolutely brilliant episode. I really thoroughly enjoyed talking to Christine. Um, I think maybe I talked a bit too much. Um, but y- you can be the judge of that i just like i find it's a it's a fascinating area this kind of confluence between um and writing and video games and you know what constitutes a game and is it just a problem with with language which i think it almost definitely is um some proper english nerd chat in there it's uh it's brilliant really thoroughly enjoyed it um one of the things actually we talk about quite a lot um not quite a lot but like you know, I, I tend to edit myself out quite a lot of the episodes because you know it's it's all about the guests. But I left in a bit in this one because I talk about we talk about social media and interactions, and I mentioned uh, a show I did a couple of years ago. Well, a thing, a real thing that I did that then became a show uh, called Meet and Tweet, where I, I tried to meet everyone who followed me on Twitter, and then that became a viral thing, and I did a show about it at the Edinburgh Festival uh, a couple of years ago. Um, you can watch that if you want. Like it's on it's on my website. Uh, the audio isn't brilliant, but I think it's perfectly serviceable. So if it piques your interest, you know, look it up. It's on YouTube. It's on my website. You can uh, go and have a look if, if you like. I don't know. If you don't, don't worry about it. Um. Okay, so if you want to get in touch with the show, which uh, people have been doing a bit more recently, which is nice, like a lot of suggestions and, and feedback and stuff, it's all very much appreciated. Uh, you can email it's checkpointspodcast.com. At gmail.com, or it's at checkpoint show on Twitter, or it's checkpoints podcast on Facebook. It's very important to have consistent branding. Uh, if you enjoy the show and um, brilliance, please do share it around as much as, as possible. You know, share it on social media. Uh, the best thing to do, which uh, you know, I always say I'm sick of hearing myself say it, but do rate and review on iTunes. It really uh, is, is a massive, massive help to help new people discover the show, especially with episode 100 coming up i feel like it's a bit of a milestone so i want to try and encourage as many people to listen uh, as possible if you really like the show there's a patreon too which is patreon.com forward slash checkpoints um if you have the money and the inclination all donations are, are very gratefully received and go back into making the show as good as it possibly can be Man, the news cycle is so fast like these days. I I made a mental note earlier in the week to talk about crunch in the intro of this week's episode, but that that now feels like a a millennia ago. Uh, But anyway, a a few days ago, I think Tuesday or Wednesday, Polygon um, published an excerpt from Walt Williams' book uh, about crunch, and it provoked this kind of mass discussion on kind of video game Twitter, and really interesting. Um, Some of it, I think people were a bit harsh on Walt. I think partly that is because of the way the article was was framed you know i think it it should have been clearer that this was an excerpt from a personal memoir and not some kind of hot take but anyway it it was a really interesting some very interesting discussions um and i only mention it because Walt was on the show like two three weeks ago so do go back and give that a listen if it piques your interest there is zero crunch chat (laughs) Uh, okay thanks as always for downloading i'll be back next week with a new episode and a new guest but until then let's get on with the show that's good to know. um okay well let's do let's do a formal introduction for the sake of ceremony so christine welcome to the show thanks so much for for coming on if you don't mind would you introduce yourself
1: sure i'm christine love i make uh, visual novels games about um uh you know, narrative-driven, technology-based uh, stories, choice-driven stuff.
0: And uh, and they're amazing. Like, they're really good. And kind of, I, I mentioned to you now just, just before we started that I feel a bit nervous because I don't have a huge amount of knowledge of kind of that genre, I guess. And I think you, in particular, have been a real kind of figurehead for that. You know, that's one of the reasons why I wanted to reach out and, and talk to you. Like, is there, like, a big legacy of kind of visual novels like are they do they have a story history i mean you kind of joked that you didn't know anything about them either but <laughs> i mean I, I don't know if that's the case i'm sure it's not
1: i feel like lately they've been really breaking into you know like the consciousness before it was like pretty much all like japanese imports was all you think about when you thought about visual novels but now um over the past, like, really, like, the past five years, you sort of had this community of English-language visual novel developers sort of first starting to mimic uh, Japanese ones and then sort of, like, developing our own voices. And it's just, you know, been been a process of uh, of really, like, reaching audiences who, like, aren't, like, normally, like, into, into games at all necessarily. Like, I feel like that's what's cool about visual novels is that, you know, there's this... Uh, accessibility to them
0: absolutely yeah um and it's like i don't know like because you've been you've been doing them for for a good few years now like what were what were your kind of influences going into it like did you play them kind of as you were younger did you have any kind of because you must have had some reference point to then say i'm gonna make this kind of game
1: yeah i'd say like the first i played was um ace attorney um that was you know back in high school and i sort of like ended up getting into, like, much more obscure, like, Japanese individual novels based on that. Okay. Um, stuff like uh, Planetarian, which is um, now on Steam, actually. It finally actually did get an official translation, Nar-kisu, Um Just, you know, like, really, really melodramatic, sad stories about um, uh, girls' suffering, which obviously speaks to the—obviously the, <laughs> speaks to one as, as a teenager a lot. Absolutely um well let's
0: let's trace it back then christine so uh if you can remember what was your your very first experience of a video game
1: my first experience of a video game god um i don't know that's a tough one um because
0: you're relatively
1: young I feel right like, uh i'm 27 so I'm not, not not as young as i did <laughs> it's, like
0: that's that's think. that's young that's young. yeah that's... okay
1: anyway um first experience i'd say was probably um definitely um like we had a we had a 486 um and i played a bunch of shareware games on that um you know we'd get like a floppy and later a cd full of like a hundred different pieces of shit and you know you just sort of um play like two minutes of each before absolutely
0: that's exciting uh, I, I, I missed that you know
1: on. Yeah, yeah, really. I mean, I don't I mean, really I like miss it, now, but I, I like the idea with, like, of it. I don't know. I feel like I have that now with my Steam backlog, right? Like, not necessarily the piece of shit part. I mean, even then, not really. <laughs> but, you know, like you just have this giant pile that you can just sort of um, like taste and go through a little bit. Go, okay, I got the gist of it. I got one good idea from that. Let's move on. Yeah. That was a long five minutes. <laughs> and I've got like 400 other games in my in my backlog.
0: But I mean, that's like a, a kind of common thread throughout the show is that, you know, there's so much stuff being made. It's, it feels like you're, there's a constant fear of missing out. But I think one of the, the benefits of that is the, the scale of it, like a lot of these smaller games, five minutes is probably fine. You, 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 <laughs> you can get your fill, like not all of them, obviously, but there are enough. And, you know, there are a lot of games that probably that's, that's all they really intended and that's okay. And I kind of like that.
1: Well, that's really like like getting into indie games was like a big part of that is, you know, like if you're just playing through like jam games or something, like it is just like a five minute game. Like I remember like what really got me into thinking that like, oh, I could make games was was discovering like TIG Source in 2007. And, you know, all the really cool stuff was like if you had an hour of gameplay, that was incredible. But usually they're <laughs> even shorter than that.
0: That see that's 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 my dream. There's there's too many long games. Um, <laughs> the the only reason I I mentioned like that you're relatively young is is purely because, like it's it's interesting doing the show and speaking to so many people. Like that is a big difference. Like I I'm ten years older than you, and that is significant in terms of like video game history because it because it's gone so fast. Like you know your your first experience of games would have been on a, a, a 486. I imagine that was just kind of in the house. So they kind of, yep i just mean that games would have been kind of already a thing i guess when you were made aware of them rather than this new idea a new idea to you obviously but like was it just a family computer that everybody just played around with
1: yeah no exactly and i think like you know the idea of the family computer was frankly more like bleeding edge than the idea of video games at that point absolutely
0: yeah and and so did did everybody play or did you kind of zone in on like oh this is i'm into this Hmm.
1: Yeah, no, like it was I I felt like it was very much just like just me. No one really like quite got it yet. You know, it was very some like some other people have their Nintendo and that was that was a thing. I never um like I didn't have consoles for a while, so it was just sort of something that I like I admired from afar. It's like, oh you, you have a machine that, that, that just plays uh, video games <laughs> as opposed to oh you, you, you can do it after dad's done with work.
0: Yeah. And so, did you form kind of like out with the family? Like, did you sort of form friendships around video games? Like, I guess, like, how quickly did you think, oh, this is something I'm really into? Or was it just another kind of peripheral interest as a kid?
1: I feel like it was just really until, um, until I could finally, um, I think around, uh, like middle school or high school was when, like, I got into, like, um, I finally got like my first console uh was uh, nintendo 64 and like that was i think when i like really got into it just because um you know like um we played mario kart and smash brothers and finally like there's a social component to it whereas before you know it's just you can tell someone about duke nukem but that's not actually like that exciting frankly
0: i mean it's pretty exciting but yeah okay <laughs> 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 um but but, so, but were there games like S sort of like before you got the n64 like i mean i I know you're very young but are there games that kind of stick out in your mind as being particularly kind of uh impactful for whatever reason
1: Hmm. Uh, i feel like one of the big ones i come i keep coming back to is uh um before that i did have a game boy and like i played Links awakening which was um I think actually like has a big impact on my writing style now, just in terms of like it's very weird and like um, it doesn't really concern itself too much with making like a lot of literal sense. There's this dreamlike component to it, which,
2: you know, obviously
1: given given the story, that makes perfect sense. And like reading later, like developer interviews, um, talking about how they were influenced by Twin Peaks in the writing style. Like no wonder that 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 jumped out at me. But there's just like so many weird, like one-liners in there that have just like burned themselves into my brain pretty much. Like um, you know, you 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 you're getting clues as to where you should be going next that are always ended with, but don't ask me, I'm just a kid. Or um just like weird non sequiturs, like uh, you know, you got the fire rod and Link's really excited. He goes, burn baby, burn in this otherwise like completely straight face tutorial text just like all these little like weird flourishes that's that's, sort a, of... that's
0: a straight up twin peaks line like that, that, <laughs> i've never heard that before that's fascinating yeah oh man that's amazing it's weird like zelda is one of those kind of because it's kind of always been around you forget all these kind of weird tangents it's gone off on, onto there's some really odd zelda games out there you know like the weird 3do and uh, what was the other one the 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 panasonic one that was yeah the crazy yeah
1: cdi games yeah CDI. that's what i was thinking
0: so so as you got older then you said it was kind of more of a a communal thing so is that kind of within the family or did you kind of develop friendships around video games
1: yeah no it's definitely like developing friendships around video games eventually um i have a little brother he's five years younger so that's like a pretty big age gap um we've never like really been able to like play competitive games together until like he grew up but you know there was always a thing of like you know giving him hints or like helping out in like difficult places or sort of like passing on the uh the old uh console but past that like no one in the and even then like that took a while because you know five years younger means uh it's a pretty big age gap But no, it was mostly like friends from school or eventually like in middle school, I got into um, just playing like fighting games uh, at lunch in the uh, uh, convenience store that just had a Street Fighter machine, that sort of thing. Oh, amazing.
0: And like, did you, uh, did it seem like a niche thing to you, games, or was it kind of very much just a thing everybody did? Like, I think that's one of the big things that's changed in, in my lifetime is the kind of prevalence of it and the fact that pretty much everyone plays games now.
1: It really felt like it was something that everyone was either into or on the periphery of, like, you know, like video games were definitely like there there there's a money component, right? Like consoles were really expensive that um, yeah, not necessarily everyone can afford one. Um, but I feel like what like really like made the biggest difference in my lifetime was what it felt like was Pokemon becoming big because suddenly, you know, not everyone had a game boy, not everyone was playing the game, but everyone was like, in my age group was like definitely culturally aware of this and super into it, even if it was just like the the trading cards or, you know, watching the anime or like everyone was super into that in a big way. And it definitely like centered around the game.
0: And was that the same for you? Was that a big a big impact on you, Pokemon?
1: Uh oh yeah, for sure. For sure. I, I feel like again, um the thing that I really latched onto there is like I'm not saying it's only about the writing, but what I keep coming back to is the Pokedex entries where, you know, you collect the Catch a Monster and it tells you the little bit of uh, detail about it. And, yeah. like, um, a lot of them are just, like, either nonsense, impossible, or, like, there's one in uh, Third Generation, I think, um, uh, Camera Up. Um, the description text is that explains that... um heat it produces is over 9,000 degrees fahrenheit something like that which <laughs> is like um not not strictly possible but like they are uh, um a lot of the bug type ones like talk about like what what other monsters they catch and eat um ariados has uh, has that for example uh, but i feel like in general like there's just sort of like this this folklore aspect to them like here's some weird detail that people have been telling about this monster. It's probably not true. Might not be scientifically possible. It doesn't really matter. Like, they don't even need to be consistent because, you know, it's just this, this sort of, you capture a monster and there's a scientific framing to it, but then it's just like all oral history, which I feel like really works well in especially a game that's like, you know you comparing notes with all your friends because on the playground like that's just like the perfect combination
0: that's fascinating i've never heard that it's sort of spoken a bit in that way and and it does like i remember i can't remember which one it was i think it was one of the later ones um although it may have been in the early ones that i, I didn't play but the idea that you could like it, speaking of the kind of folkloric nature of it there were elements of the game where you would kind of introduce trends and essentially kind of memes like you would Come up with something and call it into the TV, and then that would kind of spread yeah. throughout the whole region. I remember thinking that was amazing, and it was such a had no real purpose other than just flavor for the world. But it was such a brilliant thing that you saw this one little idea you have right back at the start, suddenly everyone is talking about it. I'm sure it was breakdancing. I yeah. think I decided to make breakdancing a thing, <laughs> and then that's everybody was into breakdancing by the end. It was, it was great. Um, yeah. And
1: it's like it's such a like a small thing. Like all it is is like you're just picking words and exactly, then they yeah. show up. But, you know, it feels like you're having that that influence on the world.
0: No, it's the, best. Or in the
1: same one. Um, like you have secret forts. So suddenly, like you're looking in the world and like any like sufficiently large bush, you can turn to your secret fort. So suddenly a route isn't just like a like a path between two places. Any one of them can be like something symbolically important to you in a way that, like, it wouldn't be to anyone else. It's just, oh, I moved my secret fort there.
0: It's amazing, like, how much that that kind of very slight kind of player input can make such a difference. I mean, I, I, you, you do that in, in your own games, like in, in Lady Killer or in A Bind. You you have, I mean, it is simple because you are putting in kind of characters' names and stuff, but it is, it adds so much, especially, I think, in such a, a kind of text-heavy game. Like, you can really feel the the kind of the... The impact and the weight of it, you know, it it makes it more personal.
1: I mean like my philosophy goes there like what's important isn't necessarily what comes after the choice Um, Whether or not the choice like has a big impact on like the variables that get changed or like There's a lot of words associated that doesn't matter nearly as much as the stuff that it made you think about actually like making that decision like I think like so much of that just happens in a player's head while they're thinking about oh what would happen if I did this
0: yeah absolutely and I think actually you do a really interesting thing um with that and it's not just like what is this person's name you kind of you give kind of alternate readings basically like like, some people know this person as this and some people know them as this but maybe you could think of another one like and it just that charges the the choice even more because you're kind of making a judgment call based on very little information usually
1: yeah here is your first impression you absolutely must distill them into a stereotype immediately (laughs) and go that's good um
0: well well well, speaking of kind of uh, stereotypes then like did you feel because of the prevalence of games i guess did you feel like uh, a kind of self-identified kind of geek or nerd or kind of outsider through your love of of games as you got older i feel
1: like it was not necessarily just games but like I don't know um as as a socially awkward kid it was always like the internet was so much easier to socialize on than uh yeah uh you know being actually in person was and what i found was you know like not necessarily just like video game communities but also um actually like the thing that really got me into like online communities and like um being on irc chats and like actually know socializing with other human beings was sprite comics which are this like very particular 2001 artifact of um people making comics online using like sprites ripped from video games and um
0: oh this is a like, whole this is a whole subgenre that's passed me by oh exciting. man this is exciting
1: this was like th- this was a big thing uh in 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 a, in a, in a very 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 small niche uh <laughs> <laughs> and you know like you would um often, like, um, rip your own, like, like, rip the sprites, uh, like, Mega Man was, was what I was into, and, like, um, a common thing was that people would create their original characters just by, um, like, like, doing a little bit of editing, often, um, no one was actually, like, particularly great at pixel art, although I do know a lot of people who, like, actually did go on to be incredibly good at pixel art, like, got their start there, and, you know, you'd make your OC, who is actually just Mega Man, but purple, and, um, has has brown hair instead of black and you know this this is this is my original character please do not do not do not steal him (laughs) and like did you get involved
0: in the making of it though like were you making your own yeah
1: um i never ended up like really committing to uh uh making something like i definitely did like i had i had my original character uh um you know like i was like all right, going to, going to, going to, going to get the spreadsheet made up and then to sort of lost interest, uh, just in terms of, I could not one thing at that time. That was, that was before I found my creative fruits. Okay. No, that's fine. That's fine. You know, as it is when you're 12, uh, often, uh, you know,
0: (laughs) and I was a prodigious 12 year old, just endless, (laughs) endless essays, plays, (laughs) all sorts. Um, I I always find interesting a lot interesting, of first though, pages. A lot of first pages. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> like I do find it interesting though, that this connection between video games and and online communities. Like there is a very distinct link, and I don't know if it's just because they're both technology. And you know, if you if you play a lot of games, you're more comfortable with kind of newer technologies. But it's very much a thing. Like a lot of my my youth was kind of predicated on joining various internet forums when I was like. 17 or 18 or something mm. And it was a, a huge part of my life and it remains still like a really big part of my life especially forums because there's something more so than kind of social media and uh, and twitter there's something still quite exciting i think about forums like it, it it feels like you were saying about animal crossing i guess to really stretch that analogy mm. that you know anyone can be anywhere on the internet but you if you find your little sort of secret spot where you can hang out like that's that's a special place you know it's not just using somebody else's tools
1: i feel like there really are like a community in the sense that like you don't get to, like on social media you get to pick who you're surrounded by you know like you have your your specially curated 500 twitter follow, following and like you might you know you might see people on the edges but like on forums it's these are the people you're stuck with and you know maybe you'll still like gravitate towards some people but like it really is like community that you're just like you know everyone here is sort of uh, like they're not just doing it casually right and like it gives it more of a sense of place like absolutely uh, you know this is this place you're coming to rather than just like I'm mainlining my my the people i selected opinions yeah and it's I,
0: like i actually I, I did a whole i did a whole show about this a couple of years ago because i did uh a stupid experiment about i, I tried to meet everybody who followed me on twitter um <laughs> and it ended up being this kind of it, it went viral for like a weekend or something but i wrote a show about it and i did it at the at adam festival a couple of years ago and one of the things like that really struck me when i was doing it was that my early kind of uh early experiences of the internet was that it was like a, it was a wild frontier every interaction with anyone was with a stranger and it was kind of exciting and there was no real names and like that that was all went away with with social media which i think there's, there's something lost i think in that kind of excitement of just meeting strangers on the internet that was always quite mm. exciting to me which is also now i'm saying out loud saying it's terribly dangerous and terrifying but it also it was it was incredibly exciting hmm
1: no yeah no no I mean that that definitely does sound that does sound fun I feel like I don't know I, f- I feel like social media still like definitely gives you some of that I feel like like once you get to the point of like you have like you know 20,000 followers like obviously you don't really have that much of a connection to what what is this large group of, of people that yeah. that that is watching you make incredibly terrible jokes and hopefully also <laughs> uh, and you know like playing your games obviously yeah but, like, I feel like like that there is, like, a big disconnect there. And I sort of just, like, oh, I see that avatar a lot. And then because I often, like, do conventions, right? Like, I go to PAX. I run a – I have a booth there and, like, show the game there. And you definitely, like, get people coming up and introducing themselves, Like, oh, I follow you on Twitter. And I feel like that definitely does, like, definitely still has a stranger component. Oh, this person just from the crowd just walked up and they know who I am.
0: That's and always exciting. They're,
1: they're just a total stranger.
0: Is that always exciting? I'm I'm assuming that's always exciting.
1: Um, yeah, it's it's weird. I mean, like not in a bad way. Um, definitely, I find like as someone who again, like socially, not the most uh most on the ball person. You're always at a disadvantage in that situation. Like, oh, you know a lot about me. I uh, I I, I know that you uh po- probably like my games and tolerate my sense of humor that's difficult to have a conversation on
0: yeah that that kind of the, the weird kind of uh asynchronous nature of a lot of those relationships can be uh, extremely pro- problematic <laughs> like yeah there's that that whole idea of if you follow someone on twitter like this happened to me like i i'm sorry for this massive divergence i'll, I'll we'll get back <laughs> onto the games in a second but i met somebody who I'd followed on Twitter for ages and they had only just started following me. And, you know, it's weird to have a conversation with somebody and they'll be like, oh, you know, what have you been up to? Just general small talk. And they might mention they've been on holiday and start telling you about that. And you can't sort of say, oh, no, it's fine. You you don't have to tell me. I know all about your holiday. <laughs> I've seen the photographs. I've been following. Like that's a really weird thing to do. So you just kind of keep quiet and just, okay, just like we'll just talk through this. This is a very odd kind of social engagement. <laughs> um, anyway, sorry, back to the video games so like as you got older like did games take up more uh, a part of your life or were they still just kind of a, a peripheral interest
1: i mean eventually um so like I ended up discovering like the creative stuff that i was really into was like writing right like started off briefly with fan fiction and sort of moved into like you know like doing novels and such but like video games were like always something that like I played a lot of um, and uh, so when it came time to like doing creative work um, I got into visual novels and like I realized oh this this is absolutely within my skill set this is I know how to I know how to make this this is this is just like writing a novel except you know there's code and pictures and music but all that stuff like within within my skill range so It sort of turned from, oh, video games are something that I'm always playing to, oh, I, I, I can make games.
0: And then, like, when did that happen, though? Like, how, how old are you when you had this kind of realization, I suppose?
1: I suppose that would be um, around 17 uh, was when I did my first visual novel. That's amazing. Um, so that's, that's super young yeah and like it's real rough and unfortunately like i i know a lot of people have played it um <laughs> people have like gone back and been like oh I'm, I'm a big fan of of i i i know this is like your lesser known work but i'm a big fan of the game i made at 17 which i'm not gonna mention the name of in the hopes that no one will try to google it <laughs> i'm like oh thanks I was, I was a literal child then
0: but there must be something was... about that though like the the kind of like, I'm always quite thankful in that. As much as I was on the internet when I was 17, a lot of that has has vanished on various uh, kind of old ISPs that are now dead and defunct. But... I'm going let the, yeah, the sirens I feel go like past. There's like... Hang on. Mm,
2: yeah.
0: Okay, that's fine. Um, okay. But, but the, I, I do often find myself kind of pining for, like, early websites that I, I built. Like, as much as they were kind of really gawky and awkward, there was something <laughs> quite, I think pure about the kind of intent behind them at least
1: i've definitely like gone back and like tried to look for like you know my incredibly embarrassing age 12 year old art and it's just like oh this didn't get saved i managed to find like two images out of what i know was a giant stack of them just because like obviously 12 year olds aren't thinking of backups and um like nothing on the internet blasted then I don't know if it's better now. Like, I don't know if if I want to have all that access, or like, if maybe it's better to just be able to have like, just bits and pieces enough to remind you, oh, that's how far I've gone. Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, but that 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 in itself is incredibly useful, I think. And and you know, and, and I'm sure people like you say you're not going to mention the game. That's absolutely fine. But <laughs> if if you do have people who who love the games that you're making now and they go back, like, they will know that this was, you know a 17 year old, you know, version of, of this game. You know, this is, I think it's purely just, I think it's probably quite exciting to then see the kind of progression as well. You know, in, in the same way you can, if, if, if I discover like a, a designer or a, a filmmaker or a band that I like, and then digging back into the old stuff, it's always exciting to see like how much they've progressed. Oh um, yeah,
1: no, this, this is completely hypocritical of me. I love doing this with people that I'm a fan of. Just, <laughs> just, I don't think anyone should do it to me at all.
0: Um, well, well, I guess kind of just before this age and kind of around your sort of teenage years, like, are there any uh, games that, that stand out for you uh, as being particularly impactful again for, like, for, for whatever reason?
1: I feel like, like, looking at, like, me in high school, um, I was into, uh, I ended up uh, playing, like, a lot of online multiplayer games. In a way that, frankly, was probably not super healthy. Um, I Ended up playing like like I was really into um, um just various shooters. Um, played a lot of um, uh, in rapid succession. Um, uh, did a bit of Counter Strike, um, Natural Selection, which was another Half Life mod, sort of um, strategy component. Um, Starcraft, all that. I feel like that was actually like the healthy side of things. You know, these these are these are. Um, you know, competitiveness and like, that's, that's cool. Yeah. But I also got into, uh, MMOs. Um, so I played, uh, uh, World of Warcraft, uh, started with Final Fantasy 11, which is just real, not good. Uh, went to WoW, City of Heroes, which I do like in a lot of ways. It sort of had this, uh, you know, you're encouraged to like, spend a lot of time the character creator and like, make your, your unique superhero. Yeah. And, Um, then you do these like little, like short, like story vignette missions, which all are just, you know, here's a procedurally generated maze, kick a bunch of villains in, in this get to the end, beat the boss, get another small vignette for the next maze. Um, there is, you know, like a big sort of world progression and that was interesting, but, you know, obviously this is mostly filler content, um, Whereas the vignettes were like, what actually captured my imagination there. Um, Past that, like, more World of Warcraft, Star Trek Online. And eventually at some point I realized that, like, I was just getting into these games whenever I was feeling like this was depression, straight up. This was like, I was trying to treat my mental illness with I'm gonna play these very repetitive games where I watch numbers go up and that makes me feel really satisfied. And like, not even socially. Yeah. Like, there was often very little social component to City of Heroes was good. It would, like, give you matchmaking and, like, um, you know, if it was a popular time, you could, like, get in with a group. And, like, you're at least going through all these monotonous tasks with other human beings while you're doing this. But for the most part, like, I was playing these very solitarily. And I just sort of realized that, like, they were a great way for me to start a weekend and like end a weekend without like thinking about anything and it didn't feel it didn't feel good yeah like I didn't feel better about myself this was just like a really unhealthy outlet so now I just like I eventually um around when I was um 21 or so I like I set a hard rule for myself I'm just I can't play MMOs they're just some people this is great like they get a lot out of them they manage to have a healthy relationship and with me, it's just this is just bad. I just chase the bigger numbers. Absolutely. This is I I cannot do this. Um, I probably also like shouldn't ever go to a casino. I probably have the same <laughs> problem there. It's just my brain. That's just off limits.
0: I I think like I, I've mentioned this to to a lot of people on the show, but like that is uh, a a big reason why like I'm quite lucky in that like the internet wasn't really prevalent until. I was maybe 16 or 17 and MMOs certainly weren't really a big thing. I'm sure there was like Ultima and EverQuest or whatever, but until mm. I was maybe 21 and I probably knew myself well enough then to say, right now I'm never going to play those because that would be me probably for a good year <laughs> or two. And I've, I've purposefully kind of in the same way stayed away from them. Because not only do I know that I would, I would really go deep on them, but I don't think I could handle the guilt afterwards as well. Like, of like Oh, what have I done? Do you know that that sense yeah, yeah. That, that you Spend have that weekend, hangover like of shame goal,
1: and that goal was oh i hit level 40 yeah. what does that mean fucking nothing
0: <laughs> it's so tricky but i feel
1: like like the online component isn't even what matters there like often like because like i was just playing them like all on my own like there's not really much interaction with other humans and sometimes there was and that was cool but by and large it was like I, i'm just treating this like i'm um, a single player game and i know like even if it wasn't online like a lot of other things could have like gotten their hooks into me in that same yeah. way. Like, I don't know, like classic roguelikes, for example, or um, Nippon Ichi games have the same thing, where like there's so many numbers you can make get bigger.
0: Yeah, and and that's like totally hypocritical of me because I spent a long time playing like Disgaea and even stuff like like uh, like Borderlands. Like I I put a ton of hours into Borderlands two specifically, and and that that is kind of a bit. Better, I guess, because you get the sense of exploration and the writing is really
1: good. um And it's think well, like that's different. Like that's like you know, like you're if you're playing a comedy game, like you're getting something out of that.
0: Yeah. yeah. Whereas,
1: like I don't think like filler as a means of pacing out jokes is necessarily like a, or like jokes, story content, whatever. Like I don't necessarily think it's a bad thing if you're chasing the story bits or like chasing the interesting bits. If you're chasing level forty. You know, maybe, maybe not so much.
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't, like, I don't like, think I do any of them like are... I feel like
1: it's a motivational thing.
0: Oh, absolutely. And I don't think necessarily any of them are... I don't think it's inherently bad, but certainly they, they allow for bad habits to form if you, if you, mm-hmm. if you would let them, you know? Um,
1: when you were playing Borderlands, was this like on your own or like, did you have a group oh, of friends? Oh, no, it was friends? on my
0: own. I just played it myself mm-hmm. um, all the way through. I think maybe once or twice I, I played it with other people, but it was it was pretty much just a solitary game. Although on the flip side of that there was Destiny which which was a very similar thing but that that very much was a, a social thing and and a very kind of uniquely kind of social thing where it would just you played it so many times that it was kind of rote you weren't you weren't even leveling up really or seeing new things it was just kind of procedurally going through the motions but that was quite calming i think i always find that quite relaxing
1: I do feel like there's like a certain genre of like online multiplayer game that's just like there to provide you the smoothest, like, most bare bones experience, just so you can be doing this with someone else. You know, it's like really smoothed over. But here's an here's an excuse to hang out with you know, with a bunch of your friends on mic.
0: And and that's great. Like I, I do love that. I do love that. And that's like a, quite a. A relatively new thing, I think, for for, for me anyway. Yeah, especially because now I'm like I'm of an age where a lot of my friends are kind of married and have kids and stuff, and you know, we don't have as much time as we used to to just kick about. So that that that's quite fun just to like jump on for like half an hour or ever and run a patrol or something. It's a it's a really nice thing to do.
1: Do you feel like part of that's like an excuse? Like, would you? Because I'm just thinking like you know like getting on voice chat to play to play Destiny for an hour is. Like, like, Destiny is just, like, such a smooth, like, sort of, um, like, completely rote. Like, everything is very, very finely polished to be not thinking about it. What you're really there is just for hanging out with friends. But, like, would you feel guilty if you're just, like, calling up three of your friends to just hang out in a conference call for an hour? Like, you probably wouldn't do that, right? No,
0: you wouldn't. You wouldn't. And and it's weird. And You it's, feel
1: self-conscious about it.
0: Absolutely. And And, like, this is kind of a realization I've had since I've been doing the show is that, like, this... This conversation we're having right now, Christine, this is this is an extremely unnatural and odd conversation. And I have loads of really amazing chats with amazing people in a in a completely kind of uh, artificial sense. Uh, Not artificial, but just, you know, this is arranged and set up and it's to be released for people to listen to. But like, I think think
1: there's definitely an artificiality to that. Yeah, Yeah. You know, like. You're sending a cold email saying, hey, do you want to be on this podcast? And, you know, like that leads to a conversation. Uh, exactly. Three weeks later. That's not necessarily like what you expect a normal social interaction to work with. No, even though, no. Like, but, you know, but, you have to have all these weird excuses in order to facilitate it.
0: But but I love it, though. And and <laughs> like, I would love to do this. And I have done this with like some of my friends. And but but just putting it in that kind of the, the proscenium of this is a podcast just makes just takes away all of that kind of social awkwardness of just sitting down to talk with somebody like for an hour or so like that that's a really cool thing like i think you everyone should uh it's kind of like what we started talking about with the people who play who use twitch as kind of a a motivator to do do more work you know to work on twitch in <laughs> case people are watching it's just giving it that kind of extra level of uh i don't know just distance or whatever just just to give it an excuse basically rather than just because i think we're all just socially damaged (laughs) by the the world we live in so we have to come up with these weird excuses uh, which is a shame um but anyway sorry we're going off on all sorts of tangents christine but uh, it's fine i'm enjoying it um so how did i guess you, kind of, uh, you said you kind of just gradually sort of started writing novels and then moved into visual novels, but that's still kind of quite a leap because there is, as much as they're, you know, similar thing in that it's just, it's it's a lot of writing, so to speak, and it's, it's a narrative. There is a, a very specific divide. Like, how did you make that jump?
1: I feel like it's not as big a jump as it necessarily seems. Like, by and large, visual novels are like, most of my development cycle is all writing. Like, it's, like, I'd say probably 90% of the work that goes into it is just writing. It's just putting words down. And sort of, like, what I realized with my early stuff was, you know, you, you can do, like, a lot of very minimal... Um, what really grabbed me was a visual novel called Collage. Um, I keep coming back to this. It's doesn't blow my mind quite as much as it did uh, when I was 17, but uh, it's just basically one screen of really smart graphic design, um, a bunch of like free use photos and um, a bunch of like really great uh, eight second hip hop beats. That's like all that went into it. There's no like, there's there's choices, but they don't really matter. I feel like the choices are just there because I feel like, oh, there needs to be choices in the game. But like, it's always pick the right answer or pick the wrong answer and get a immediate game over. They don't matter. It's really just about presenting words in this presented with media. Yeah. And you can tell like, this is something that otherwise would have been like a novel. And like, I looked at that and I thought, Oh, I, I can do that. Like I, I, I can do um, like a bit of sharp design and like, Oh, they actually link to where they got those, um those, those, those beats in the credits and like they're free use. So I could just like use those myself. And I ended up making a story that was very embarrassingly similar to structure to, to what Collage was. And, um, it wasn't as big a jump as, like, it seemed like it would be. And I didn't, I wasn't thinking about that, like, is this a game or not? Yeah. It just felt like, like, that's, oh, I know how to do words. It's not that hard to also take pictures and put them beside the words and put some music behind those words. And eventually it just turned into, oh, like, I just thought about more and more, like, what's like a little bit of interaction you could put in there to just build off on this. And eventually that built up to digital, a love story, which everyone said was a game. So, (laughs) so like, really, it was just entirely by accident. Like, I just kept writing novels until someone was like, wait a minute, you interact with this too much for that to be a novel.
0: And I I find this whole divide fascinating. I actually I was, I was speaking to to Teddy about this yesterday, and I think like a lot of it is a lot of the kind of the the problems, I guess, or or why like, there are arguments about you know what is a game and stuff. It's just a, mainly like a problem of of language. You know, there just there aren't enough words. We don't have the kind of the lexicon yet to adequately describe everything. It's just oh, well, this is slightly interactive and it's on a computer screen therefore it must be a, a game
1: for um, sure and there's just like so many like overlapping movements i absolutely, think absolutely yeah in like this like you have all sorts of interesting things about games like what's interesting about pokemon is it the rpg combat is it those little bits of pokedex entries is it specifically going out and trading with your friends well it's probably all of those things but you can find any single one of those interesting and like obviously they're all like a completely different angle and if you look at that and go what is the game like component of this what makes this a game i don't know that's an interesting question like it just it is a game and it has all these components and everyone is you know everyone who's influenced by that is probably branching in a different direction to build off that
0: absolutely yeah and it's really like as to kind of put on my like my my english nerd hat like i w- i was I've been thinking about this a lot lately and because of the various people I've been speaking to, and kind of if you look back into the, the the history of of writing and stuff and like a lot of the 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 earliest novels or, or what people consider to be novels were they were presented as as like a series of letters, so like stuff like uh, like Pamela or, or robinson crusoe they they weren't mm. books they were they were collections of of little pamphlets and letters and advertisements almost so it was kind of i mean very very reminiscent to the the way certain kind of visual novels would work in that it's kind of you have this almost kind of uh, like you're sneaking into someone's drawer and reading their private things it's it's giving you like a key into a world almost and a lot of people like oh this is nonsense like you know talking about how this this wasn't real writing and stuff and there was a lot of controversy and now you know hundreds of years later it's just the yeah, medium has moved really from paper to the screen. Well, I'm just
1: thinking, like, you know, like you had the arguments that, like, early novels, like, no, this, this isn't legitimate. It's not verse. Exactly. Like, yeah. I, totally. How can you take this seriously if it doesn't rhyme?
0: Yeah. And all the same like arguments. About, but it's just on the screen now, yeah, so it you, is. you you can rather than have like a collection of letters, you have emails and social networks and stuff, which which I know you you've played around with those ideas a lot in your games. Mm. Um, and I think that's fine. I think that's just an, an evolution of of reading because most people like i don't as much as i should i don't really read as many books as i used to but i read infinitely more than i used to just because everything is is on screens now you know
1: yeah for sure
0: um i feel like i'm talking way too much christine so we're gonna we're gonna go (laughs) into some gonna go into some relatively quick fire questions um all right okay so christine if you had to play a game with death for your own mortal soul. What game are you
1: best at? Oh, um, I, I think my mortal soul is just, it, it's gone. Right now I'd say like, the, the, the game I'm best at is in Splatoon, but thinking back to like my most recent, no, I'm just, I'm gone. Soul is not even in play here.
0: <laughs> That's good. That means there's no stakes. So you can just go wild. <laughs> just play something you enjoy. Um, <laughs> have you like are you a a competitive player have you ever been locked in a particular rivalry or high score battle
1: definitely i used to be like really into competitive stuff um like you know middle school into fighting games um there was there there's one player we were really because you know there's no online then so you're just playing with whoever is hanging out with you and there's definitely one god i don't even know his name uh but we like we squared off and i was I like to think I was slightly better, um, but you know we'd we'd go back and forth. Um, and what was Street, Street Fighter, Fighter 3,
0: 2, yeah. Oh, Street Fighter 3.
1: Yep, yep. Street Fighter 3, uh, Third Strike. Um, and like I've sort of tried to get back into fighting games. Um, I played a uh, Street Fighter 4 for a while. Um, got Street Fighter 5 when it came out, which uh, whew, that, was, that, was, that was a real mess. But been trying to get get really back into it, just because like every basically what happens is i watch evo uh you know big fighting game tournament biggest uh it's incredible i'm always like yeah all right this is i'm gonna get serious this time i'm gonna get real good i uh you know play online for a while and then it sort of it sort of fades but if i did have enough time i'd like to get like at least better at street fighter just because um for a while, I did, in fact, have um, someone coaching me, and just like a friend was um, like no way. encouraging me to take notes, and um, was sort of like I post um I'd be like a lot of this was like it was very um because on the PlayStation you can just like press a share button and you can share a clip of your match yeah so like I would be posting like little short videos of like things either that I thought I was doing well and you'd have people pointing out like oh no you were, you just got completely lucky there you were you. You absolutely should not have pressed that button or like I didn't actually understand why I lost and you know You can post a video of that and like they explain like what would be the thing to do? and like I definitely like had a, a friend of mine like just giving me you know a lot of notes and suggesting like a sort of like rigorous training schedule that I, I was ultimately not able to keep up with because of you know the whole work thing, but that was just <laughs> uh I don't know that was cool and fun and I had i feel like 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 there's a certain level you can get to at competitive games where um things open up yeah. like really socially and you know like i don't know rivalries are a great feeling i feel like like oh, that's just yeah. a lot of fun
0: I'm, I'm a huge proponent of, of that <laughs> like and, and it is like with any sort of competitive thing i guess there there is definitely an element of like plateauing and then a sharp kind of level up like there's a real kind of step up when you kind of really focus on something that I think is hard to notice and it's hard to put in the time and then to it doesn't always feel like a gradual progression it very often feels like oh hang on I'm loads better at this now suddenly um, yeah that's really good um on a on a similar tip then I guess if you are if you are prone to such things uh, what is your worst rage quit
1: my worst rage quit I um usually have a oh (laughs) i have a pretty cool head um but uh two three years ago i was um in an arcade in uh in japan uh and um like the arcade culture is um like like it's just it's different there um like usually in north america back when we had arcades you know you'd have like the if you're fighting with someone, you're, like, right beside each other. Like, yeah. Like, you know, you're, you're, you're bumping shoulders. Yeah. Um, a more common setup is, is just, like, one player, and then on the other side of the screen is the other player. So, like, you actually can't see each other. There is no, like, visual contact whatsoever. Um, and often, like, you don't actually know that someone is playing against you until, like, you see it on the screen. Yeah. Um, and... Yeah, so I'm just there, um, playing in Street Fighter, and um, I don't entirely understand exactly like what their networking setup is, because all these machines, like it used to be just like there'd just be one player and player two is on the other side, and that's it. So yeah. like if you don't want to be playing against this one person forever, you just like move on to the machine next to you, and I don't think it works that way anymore because of the whole networking thing, which I didn't quite like. I didn't quite understand what was happening here. So, um, playing against this one person who is, um, much better than me. Um, keep getting my ass kicked. I'm like, all right, I'll just move over, move to another machine. I'll play on my own. Cause there's like eight street fighter machines here. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. fine. I'm not gonna, um, nope, still go against him. <laughs> uh, get my ass kicked again. I'm like, all right, once more, I'm just gonna, you know, I'll, I'll, do my best here and um i'm playing jury who is like a rushdown character you gotta like really get in there so i'm like i finally like first match i finally actually like get in his face get the uh, catch him off guard uh finally pull off my combo correctly uh get him into the corner and like i actually won and next round starts oh he's he's he's, he's not not moving oh so someone someone just walked past i think I I I guess that was I guess that was the player <laughs> I so you provoked I, I, a rage quit I, I have just like completely whatever the social protocol here was to avoid the situation I have completely fucked up <laughs> I am so sorry I cannot even apologize because like just way too many factors but he just like just walked off was was done with this
0: that, that that might have been okay though that that might have been like him showing you a certain level of respect and just being like well you know that's a good job you can have I, a free and I win feel like me. that's
1: the fuck this <laughs> oh no like he was i i didn't even win one match he had already walked like this was
0: oh man i, I
1: thought i thought i was good but no no he was just wasn't actually
0: there <laughs> oh that's brutal um we we've kind of covered this already, but like has there been a, a game that's kind of taken over your life to the extent where you're like, I need to uninstall this, this is this is a problem.
1: Yeah, I mean like that was that was definitely what MMOs were for me. Um it was just not even any particular one game, just so much as this entire genre of yeah. anything where I catch myself playing just to watch uh just, you know, hit the next level is not I try to sort of think about things in terms of like what am i actually getting out of this am i what am i what is what is my driving force here
0: yeah no it's it's a tricky one um if how do i word this question okay yeah um so do you have like um a kind of a chicken soup game so to speak like a game that you'll go back to just like a a comfort game that kind of helps uh, soothe you if you're in a bad way
2: Hmm.
1: That's a that's a good one. I definitely uh, found myself coming back to a uh, uh a lot of like uh, older classic RPGs. Like um uh after a really bad breakup, I was like, all right, I'm gonna get into Final Fantasy VI. That's gonna be my thing. And oh, I'm gonna feel terrible about all these teenagers being like really dramatic. That's great. <laughs> that's awesome. That's exactly what I need in my life right now. I try to there's no like one thing that just like i come back to but i do feel like you know returning to games i've replayed a lot is definitely like a real guilty pleasure
0: yeah i think rpgs are some of the best ways to to deal with the broken heart it's uh, it's, <laughs> it's the, the greatest um given i guess the, the the scope of emotions that that video games are able to to convey one of the rarest still is uh, is laughter so christine what games have really made you laugh
1: Uh, I mean, I think it comes back to Ace Attorney is like, I feel like some of the, some of the best, uh, that was like what clued me in on like video games can be great at comedy writing and like writing animation also does a lot of work there. That was a big influence on me. Uh, I think in general, like video games are often, I think, afraid to really lean into comedy. Often they're sort of like a referential winks rather than that, but yeah ace attorney has such a great sense of humor, and that like had a big impact on me
0: cool that that actually hasn't come up before, which is cool. it's always nice to have a new a new entry into the laughter game uh, it's hmm. a weird one with games though because it is like i guess with with comedy you know you either it's it's very kind of like like binary if 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 it's funny or it isn't, so you're kind of taking a a risk with that like if it's not that's funny, always a fear right yeah totally
1: like. Well, like having like, I did a bunch of melodrama and then for Lady Killer, like it, it, it is a comedy game. Like that was, that was very much my approach. And what I ended up realizing was, um, I saw a great talk by uh, Zoe Quinn at GDC, um, who is also working on a, a comedy FMV game that I'm really excited for. And she was talking about, well, comedy is actually basically just horror, except instead of scaring you, it's, it's jokes. You know, like you got that element of surprise and that's the biggest thing in comedy
0: that is that's an amazing point yeah
1: and like games love horror like there's lots of games that are all about that so why not why not why not try uh you know making that about jokes instead i mean i feel like maybe like like the fear isn't necessarily warranted
0: no no absolutely um it it is is so tricky though like still um it's 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 a a proper like that that question I, i make a point of asking everybody because it is kind of People are often quite stumped by it because there's no obvious kind of jumping off points. I think. Um, well, we'll, well go I feel back. like
1: we don't think of comedy games as a genre, right? Like, oh,
0: well, absolutely. I think that's a really good point, actually. Yeah. Um, so going back to your kind of process of of, of making games, like when you were doing this, because you were, you were quite young. Like, did you did you think, oh, this is I could do this. This could be my job, or was it very much just the oh, this is a fun thing to do, like. I can make these things too. That that's fun in itself.
1: Uh, it took me a long time to realize. Like I had no idea what I was going to do for a living for the longest time. Um, I'm. It sounds like you could probably relate, uh, given like I studied English literature, and that felt like very like I don't there there's nothing you can you can do with. This. Oh no no, it's very much. Uh,
0: a, <laughs> I just love writing, and I love words. I, I and most people on on that on those sort of courses are very they're self aware enough to know that this isn't going to definitely lead to a job or anything, but that's fine.
1: So like, I did like a little bit of like small jobs around then. And
0: but how did you find out about that though? Like, how did you get those gigs?
1: Um, well that was after I did digital. So like after I'd sort of like oh, okay. had some sort of name for myself in like games. I was like, Oh, well maybe I could like break in by like doing some work on other people's stuff. I don't know. That's not satisfying. So I ended up, uh, picking up, uh, one like started just another like simple free project. I was like, oh, this might actually go somewhere. What if I try to make a living off this? And my financial situation was rough enough that like, um, it turned into sort of like living off student loans while working on this one thing. I'm like, well, I can either stay in school or I can finish this game. Um, I think I have a large enough fan base. Off digital, that like if I sold it, that would get me by. That was like a real big gamble, and uh, thankfully it paid off. So I just sort of like failed all my classes, put out analog, and uh, people bought it. Thank god. <laughs> but it was a real like I really thought it was gonna be like I'd have to be like constantly putting out work, doing like more of those like shitty, um, I need a contract job, yeah. Um, that must have been so validating
0: though to to have that response to it like
1: it was a huge relief especially since like it's such like a weird different thing like i went from you know like writing about like 80s bbs's to um here's uh feminism ancient korean history in space with you know cute girls like this is like obviously like such a big jump and I've, like, continued to make these big jumps, sort of, like, not worrying about, like, will the fans like this? Sure, yes, because they like the artistic approach, not, you know, the checklist of items that were in the previous game. Yeah,
0: I and, mean, I, I, I like, as, the, the, as much as, the, you know, you say, like, they're, they're really kind of esoteric things and they're, they're, they're weird and, and unique, like, that's that's exactly why people gravitate towards them you know because you you are making things that aren't really being i, I think actually that has changed a lot over the past couple of years and i think like you are a big part of that you know just in terms of illustrating how you can essentially like follow um you know follow your own muse you know do, do whatever you like because you know no nobody is is kind of uh, pitching the type of, type of games you make to, like, AAA studios and be like, here's the golden ticket, here's where all the kids are into these days. It's just, it, it, you know, it's very much, they're very much your games, you know, and, and that's that's a big part of why they're so appealing, I think. That, like, definitely why they're so appealing. Like, the, are you kind of uh, aware of that? Do you feel a certain sense of... Because uh, they're, they're very personal, I imagine, because they are, you know, essentially just... The, the novels you know and they're, they're about very specific things do you feel kind of uh, exposed at all i suppose
1: i definitely feel extremely exposed in a way that i don't know i think the good thing about fiction is that you have like a bit of plausible deniability like everyone knows there's a lot of you in in this story but they don't know which character is you or like what <laughs> characters are like having aspects of yourself and which is just like you know, what's metaphorical and what's literal. Um and I think just having that like as a smokescreen is helpful, especially, you know, like if you're say making a game about sex, uh that's obviously exposing a lot of 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 personal information about yourself and you sort of hope that no one is gonna be like going through this with a fine tooth comb and trying to like reverse engineer, specifically what about this is, is what are you putting in here as part of your true life experience? Like you sort of hope that no one like wants to really get into, get into that much detail. But at the same time, like you're still like, you know, like reaching people personally with that. And just the fact that there is, I don't know. I feel like, like if it was making like an autobiographical thing, that would be very different. I would like not be willing to even broach any of these subjects because that would I've just, you know, blush to death. Yeah. Although it turns out, um, I've tried dropping in on like people streaming, uh, Lady Killer, and it turns out I do that anyway. I I cannot, I, I can't watch. <laughs> just, just, oh my god! Did I actually did I actually say that and put that in a game that people are pl- Oh my god! <laughs> it, it's
0: like it's really interesting, and I think like specifically like in terms of the, the 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 sex element of it, like it's I think part of it is is because um you're one of the few people that are that are doing it, you know? So that's even more exposure, if you know what I mean, because there there is not an awful lot to compare it to. Like I I spoke to I can't remember who I spoke to. I think maybe Edmund Millen. But we were talking about Zelda and mm-hmm. how Zelda Zelda is kind of autobiographical in that you know it was Shigeru Miyamoto's childhood essentially that he wanted to recreate in a game Mm -hmm. and and that's why Edmund McMillan made The Binding of Isaac it was the exact same thing it's I want to make a game about my childhood kind of you know and it was like it'd be a fun experiment if everyone not everyone but like all game designers just as an experiment everyone make their own version of Zelda I think it would be equally as interesting if everybody made their version of Lady Killer in a bind. Like, (laughs) just a real gamut of of sex games from, like, a million different points of view because it's such a unique thing, like, people's interests and kinks. Like, that's (laughs) going to be unique to everybody. But just so few people are doing it, you know, it's hard to have a comparison. Do you know what I mean? Does that make sense?
1: No, absolutely. I I do feel like there's this there's just this immense pressure like sort of early on we realized like no we can't try to represent everything like this is you know it's going to be about it's going to be about one thing this is going to be about like a very certain type of dynamic and we're just going to focus on that rather than like because if you try to like do just like an entire survey of appeal to everyone appeal to every experience appeal to everyone's types you know like you're just going to get lost in the weeds and you know, like you're going to have to like try to think about how to prioritize this and feel terrible. Whereas, you know, if you can just say, okay, this is just going to be me channeling uh, what what I want to see. And I think uh, that way you sort of just you you have to ignore that pressure to like hit every single beat.
0: Exactly. I mean, you need only sort of (laughs) like scan through (laughs) various like categories on Pornhub to see the the kind of the, the gamut of, <laughs> of sexual preferences, you know, and they're just they they're not represented. And, and and if you are going to do that, like you have, you know, you you have to be true to a, a specific idea or, or or thought or feeling, you know, because it's impossible like that's such to cover an everything.
1: Awkward you know? approach, like you know, thinking about it in terms of bullet points. Like once yeah, you get to that, to be like so it's, it's trivial, impossible. But you know, what I mean, no, I'm just, but like, I'm like, just trying I, to illustrate that the, I definitely know like I definitely got like emails about lady killer Like asking like are are, are these three things going to be in? and I'm like uh, I don't think these are useful questions to be asking <laughs> if you know If you're going into a game looking for these, you know looking for bullet points rather than looking for um, Especially in indie games like a relationship with a writer or like a relationship with with this text like an approach to To how the story is told if you're looking for that you'll have a satisfying relationship but if you're looking for those three bullet points and you only get two of them well (laughs) this is like that's just doomed to frustration because you're never gonna get all those bullet points exactly exactly which is why I think everybody should
0: make sex games like I want to I want to play Peter Molyneux's sex game like (sighs) oh and I want to know what
1: that is oh man i I feel like that's true in real life though like like, (laughs) if you're going into a relationship looking for these three bullet points again this is this is doomed. this is inherently doomed absolutely yeah a relationship with a game is is the same
0: and so so what are you what are you sort of currently working on if you're allowed to to talk about what you're currently working on
1: right now i'm doing a bunch of small things i don't want i'm done with visual novels actually like playing visual or making visual novels, not playing visual novels, but I want to, I don't want to be in a comfort zone for too long. I don't want to fall into a rut of just making the same game about talking to lonely girls over computers over and over again. I feel like I could get really good at that. Um, And I don't want to. I feel like stagnant is, right, but like, I don't want to be artistically stagnant. Like, one of my favorite creators is uh, Hideo Kojima, and like, he's been stuck in Metal Gear hell for entirely too long. Like, most of most of his life by now has been stuck like just working on this one setting with this one set of characters and he pushes the edges of that but even that like just seems miserable and I really want to avoid that as much as possible. So I'm going to like push push the edges of what I'm comfortable making. Probably the next big thing is going to be something like RPG like or something like that. Something that tells a story but is not necessarily bound to visual novel conventions. Okay. That said, like... I just came off a three-year project. I'm still recovering from that. I'm doing a lot of small stuff. Uh, Right now, I'm actually working uh, with a friend on um, a game called... uh, The prototype's called Twitch's Coven, which is sort of uh, built for streaming. You have one player, like, fighting bosses on a stream, and the audience um, plays mini games on their phones to sort of help out that player. Oh, that's fun. Yeah, so we're working on the prototype for that right now, and that's just something that's, like, really fun, completely out of my comfort zone. There's, like, there's no writing in it at all. I'm just, like... Trying to learn, like, how can I, like, learn how to do, like, mechanics for this sort of thing, oh, as that's well cool. as, like, you know, doing a lot of network infrastructure stuff because that's like a skill I had from, you know, paid work before I got into games. But like, mostly it's just been like, you know, small stuff. I'm making a small RPG in Unity, trying to learn the technology because, you know, just like I want to take this year, push my horizons, uh, try to figure out, like what sorts of new things am i going to be interested by they'll go into the next big project because yeah no 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 more no more visual novels about sad girls over computers that's i've got it i've got it nailed i don't need <laughs> don't need to do another
0: um well speaking of like you know kind of changing um priorities and exploring new horizons like over the past kind of 10 years or so or just like since you've been sort of working in games essentially like are there, what games kind of stand out for you as being particularly uh, impactful for whatever reason?
1: Oh, that's a that's a. It's real very broad. One. Apologies. Yeah. Hmm. Oh my god. Um, I feel like these sorts of questions. Like I always just feel like really paralyzed by them. Like what's what's big? I feel like. Honestly, like 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 the one trend I've been seeing a lot of that I really love is like more romance in games Like this is sort of gone from something that You just wouldn't see in mainstream games at all to Everyone is really excited to talk about who the love interests are in Bioware games, right?
0: Yeah. Like
1: just like that this is now part of the conversation that like we acknowledge that like, oh yeah, what's cool about RPGs? It's, it's, it's romance, it's love, it's relationships. That's what we really care about. That is like the number one thing I've been super excited about.
0: <laughs> well, that is a, I think that is a, a beautiful place to, to finish on. But uh, unless there's like anything that kind of hasn't come up that you wanted to mention, in which case, please take this opportunity or just let people know where they can find your video games.
1: No, I feel like this was good. This was a good chat. Um Lady Killer in a bind is um my most recent game. You can find it on Ladykillerinabind.com. It's on Steam. Um, yeah, I hear it's good. It's funny. It's got sex in it. They're boobs, I don't know.
0: <laughs> All of those things are true. <laughs> this isn't the uh, original Legend of Zelda theme, Um, just in case you're wondering. um, It actually all sort of kicks off in a second. This is the Link's Awakening theme. Anyway, thanks for listening. Rate and review it. Subscribe. This is where it all kicks off.